We're excited to be here at the Midnight Founders Podcast today with Brenda Anderson from Jipe. And if you haven't heard about it yet, you're going to hear about it. It is awesome, especially for those that are in the high school space, uh, early college space that are looking for jobs. So I'm here with Jake, and we're ready to get going and get started. We'd love to hear more about your career and some of the things you've done professionally before Jipe okay. and then moving into Jipe. Can you tell us the story? Yeah, so my... I. Um actually have what some would say is the most useless degree in the world. I have an art degree and I studied art with an emphasis in, in visual communications design. So okay. I built my career as a graphic designer and developing brands and some creative direction and art direction. And I did that for almost 20 years. Cool. Um, Keith from Scenting Academy would love to hear that. We've had him on the show as well. Yeah. He's all about art. Yeah, he, she embraced her inner artist. That's right. That's I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's actually helped me become a better entrepreneur because I have that creative spirit, and I, I consider myself a creative, like, at heart, for sure. And I've seen Brenda at work, and she is absolutely an amazing creative. If I draw something, people, like, look at me like, have you ever seen that thing in your life? They're like, <laughs> they're like was that you, Jake, or was that your kids that drew that? <laughs> yeah, I'm a terrible artist. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not amazing at, well, if I really practice, I'm good at drawing, but like quick sketches are not my thing, but, but put me in front of Adobe, like an Adobe product and I'll destroy it. Design and yeah. formatting and design, layout. Design, format, layout design, oh, yeah. logo design, typography, right up my alley. Fantastic. Where did you get your degree from, Brenda? Weber State. Weber State. Yeah. Okay. The yep. Wolver, uh, no, not the Wolverines, the. Wildcats. Wildcats. That's right. Yep. Cool. Yep. Okay. So um, you got your degree. You worked in that field for 20, 25 yeah, years? Yeah. In, in the beginning, I, not quite, maybe, maybe 17 or 18 years. I started, I did get a job at a, um, right out of college at a graphic design studio. And then I, got pregnant and we moved away because my husband at the time was going to law school. So we moved out of state for a year and then I, and then I had, I had a baby. So I, I raised my young children at home and I worked from home and I ran, I did run a little freelance business. So I kept my skills sharp by having freelance clients that I would bring on on my own. And I did that until my youngest went to kindergarten. Cool. So at that point, well, if my kids are in school, now I can go back to work outside the home, which was always the goal. And I've always loved working and being a professional. So it was definitely something that I wanted to do and did that for another um, 10, 11 years and, and then started my own company. So cool. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, go ahead, Jake. Well, I was going to say, so you're selling yourself short. This is not your first venture. I was well, it sounds like you've been thing. entrepreneurial from the beginning <laughs> and very professional it's kind, of a, and it's driven. kind of a trick question i guess i mean this is my first venture venture yeah, yeah, yeah. of this magnitude type and software tech and, company and tech yeah. company i i did run my own freelance company i mean i guess i have a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit i, I remember in um probably fifth grade I would go down. I, w I was raised overseas, so I was living in Honduras at the time. Oh, wow. So and you speak Spanish? I do. Awesome. I mean, 
un poco. Not practiced. <laughs> <laughs> but you rusty. can read and you can understand. Sure. And yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. And I went down to the local mercado and bought like candy, little dulces, and I would I would buy them and then I would take a, and I peddle them at school and make. See, you're embracing it. You're very much an entrepreneur. We hear that so story a lot. I feel like when I reflect, that's my first, yeah. like, if I'm really trying to find the entrepreneur in me, I'm like, you know what? I kind of always have had a little bit of that, but but I wouldn't say that it's uh, really shown through until recently, until I started Jipe. Yeah. So when you finish yeah. school with your art degree. Did you know you wanted to go into graphic design? Was that kind of the end goal with that degree? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you kind of went that route and now. Yeah. I'm a very um, practical person. I actually really like um, life sciences too. So like I love geology and astronomy. I mean, I wanted to be an astronomer for a long time. And then, but then the practicality part of, of Brenda's how do you make money? I'm like, yeah. how am I ever going to do that or have a family and be an sure. astronomer? <laughs> and so I, uh, I was like, well, what can I do that uses things that I enjoy? I've always liked to draw and stuff and, and art. And I was like, well, I could, I could be an interior designer. I could be a graphic designer. Those are things that I can do at home and still raise a family. And so I kind of just switched gears and left sciences and, and pursued the humanities and art. You're so good at it. Yeah. Thanks. What, what I'm curious, what, what took you down to Honduras and some of those other places? Was that your father's job or something? Yeah. My dad was a diplomat. He worked for the United States, um, state department and I was raised overseas. We moved several places, Dominican Republic, Honduras, Bangladesh, and Egypt. Wow. Yeah. Egypt even. Yep. That's where I graduated from high school. No way. Yep. Uh, with, I mean, how it, with in an American school that was over there or yeah, I, uh, we, me and my brother and sister, we attended American international schools, their private schools, curriculums, all in English and, um, really amazing education actually like through these schools. So did you pick up Egyptian as good as you did Spanish? Um, no, <laughs> you don't have to really, it's Arabic. They speak yeah, Arabic. Arabic. You yeah. don't really have to speak it to, to get by really most places across the world. You Speaking can English. get by with speaking yeah. English, but, and I wasn't really there long enough to. It's, it's, it was later. It yeah, it was later. I was closer to graduating. And, what was your favorite place that you lived? Cairo. Cairo. Yeah. Have I you been it. back? No, I, well, I did. I did. I visited my parents cause they stayed, they were there for three more years, even after I graduated. So I went back a few times, but I haven't as an adult in my adult life. Huh. Goals. Would you, would you like to? That's what yeah, it is you want to do. absolutely. I'd love to go back. Cool. I need to put that one on the bucket list, apparently. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. it's phenomenal place. They've had a lot of political unrest, though, in recent years, it, right? Yeah, there was a time that I probably wouldn't suggest going, but it seems things it's seem to be better. a little bit better. Yeah. Good. We were on Google Google Earth the other day, and we showed the kids the eat what like the pyramids in egypt pyramids of giza yeah like we go we googled it and it like brought them around and we showed them and they were like f- they were fascinated yeah it's so, amazing yeah so i always have idea. a i i can one up about anyone because i've been all over the world and have experienced crazy things but 
Um, my high school graduation was at the Pyramids of Giza, the Sphinx. <laughs> Your actual ceremony was yeah, there? Yeah, the ceremony. It's That's right there crazy. in the background. My photos are wow, crazy, uh, amazing, like... Is that's that real? Cool. Is that real? Yeah. She's like, yeah, good at Photoshop. True. I know. So maybe really, we can't trust her. Like, is that real? I mean, this photo was taken yeah. in the late 90s, so it looks like it's Photoshopped, but it's... It's real. It's real. It's real, yeah. Wow. How big was your graduating class? There were 110. Okay, so fairly small. Yeah, but fairly small. That's cool. Everybody was on the football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no football team. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Football, well, soccer. soccer. Yeah. 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 Football, so soccer. I should have added football. the accent. Yeah. Football. Football. Yeah. That's cool. So then you got back to Utah to, is that when you decided to go to school? Yeah. Or? I started at Utah State and then transferred to Weber. I just heard Utah State. And you, did, you left Utah State? I did. Sorry. Got, okay. I got married and we moved and. But you met him. I met him at Utah State. Oh, see, that's cool. Well, yeah, we worked at the Hyper. That's where we met. Oh, yes. So it's taking me back. Yeah, I love it. I'm an Aggie. True. Everyone knows that that's listening, but it's great. Okay, so graphic design. Then what happened to go to Jai? So graphic design kind of morphed into more traditional marketing roles, um, and also talent marketing, and I think that's where. Jipe starts to play a role. Uh, I I was chartered with building our employer brand at Market Star, which is where I worked before, and so I totally developed the employer brand at Market Star. Who are we as an employer? How do we market that? And and that's that was one of my jobs for for a period. And that's I actually moved from the marketing team to the recruiting team, and really started understanding recruiting and it also i think it was a was a benefit because i was as a creative i came down to this new department that is pretty archaic they're traditionally not very creative no offense recruiters (laughs) but they recruiting has is an industry that hasn't changed for decades they do the same thing over they do the same thing and and it's really not a lot of interesting new innovative things have happened in recruiting for for a really long time and I came down into the department and I was just like why why are we doing it this way this is horrible this is not a great experience for the candidate there has to be a better way there just has to be a better and, and so way. here you have this this really archaic old industry and this amazing graphic designer and they're like whoa they're kind of like butting heads right because you're like we can make this better yeah I really i I felt like it. And so that's that's when my creative wheels started spinning and I was thinking, gee, shouldn't there's 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 gotta be a, a better, easier way. And um that's when Jipe was created in my head and I it was a combination of, of that plus um my personal life being single for, for a long time. It's been ten years now. I actually watched the dating industry change where it used to be I mean, I remember logging on to like eHarmony.com and Match.com and these in the the website era of dating, and it was horrible. It was time consuming. We were creating these big long profiles that take you two days to write, and you're still stressing over it. And then you have to read everybody else's profiles that are pages long, and you're scrolling for days and. It's just a really and you're thinking, how much of this is real, you know? Yeah, it's just a really horrible process. And then dating successfully moved completely away from that 
to apps like Tinder and Bumble that are fast and easy to use and and not hard to get to create an account and start start looking at options. Um, and, and they're not perfect, but you can create a connection with someone you would otherwise never have met really quickly in a matter of minutes, not days, like the old site. So I, I thought, why can't we mimic that in the job world and, and provide a similar experience that's much faster and easier and, and simpler and it still works. I can still find out who's hiring in a much faster, less complicated way. And, and that's when Jipe was born in my head and it just kind of was like this combustion of all these ideas together and experiences. And so cool. What, what, about what time frame was that? That was, uh, that was four plus years ago. Okay. Yeah. So then from then till now, tell us kind of how that evolved. Yeah. The, the idea started over four years ago in my head and I kind of like brewed on it a little bit and did some like sketches and, and then, and then I personally went through an experience that summer. It was 2018 and in the summer of 2018, uh, July 18th I went to bed one day and the next day I woke up and something was wrong with me like physically all of a sudden I couldn't hear in my left ear and oh, just no. overnight I went from being 100% fine life is good I'm thriving and the next day I couldn't I couldn't hear and it was went on for a few days I was just really wondering what's causing this? Do I have earwax in my ear? Scary. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, and, and it just, there was no relief and, and no earwax. And like, um, so I, so I started looking around for an ENT. I'd never gone to an ENT. So I just was like, who, who can see me the fastest? Were, you, the were you feeling physical pain or no, no just... physical pain, just, uh, concern hmm. and also, uh, a deeper feeling of knowing something was wrong hmm. like significant was wrong with me but having no idea what it was and so the next week i was able to see an ent and and get in there and um he did the physical examination and everything visually looked just fine he's like he th i seriously think he thought i was crazy and i'm like no i like i can't hear anything and um it's like well we'll do an audiogram and and, and find out what's wrong so they put me in the audio to have an audiogram, which is this little soundproof room. They put these little sensors on your head and I, uh, they started on the right side and you know, you're supposed to click the, the thing every time you hear a sound or a word or a, or a noise and everything seemed fine on the right side and they moved to the left and, and I just sat there and just like, I just cried cause I, I was failing. I couldn't hear anything. And, and after that exam, the, the doctor's uh, disposition had completely changed and they could quickly tell from this audiogram that I had extensive nerve damage. And that's concerning. That was really unusual. Um, yeah. Super rare. I was young, healthy, sudden. Scary. Like what is, what is causing this? And, and it took a couple weeks, but they, they, I finally had an MRI and they discovered a, a golf ball sized tumor in my inner ear. And so as you can imagine, 
that's that's quite the news to receive. And brain surgery was uh, going to happen within a few weeks, and um, life just changed at that point, and everything everything got shelved because I had to obviously take care of my health and undergo brain surgery. I had a really hard recovery. Um, thankfully, it was it was uh, benign, so I didn't have to go through any sort of chemo treatments, but it was still a very significant process. They, it was very intrusive, and um, it was about three months to where I could go back to work, and then another three months for me to feel fully like myself again, like I'm firing it all on our cylinders again. And uh, it, it was it was a difficult time for me, but but what's interesting and and when I look back, I wouldn't change anything because I learned I learned some really important things about myself that um, and really the main thing is, is courage. I've learned that I'm really brave, that I can do incredibly difficult things and I don't think I would have really known that about myself, like known that had I not been through this process and develop a relationship with, with God that I hadn't had before where I, cause when you have a brain tumor, that was the first time in my life, there was nothing, nothing I could do to change what was happening in my life. It was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that makes you look at life differently. It makes you look at your relationships and, and, differently and and the way that I had to turn to God and be like literally it's in your hands because there's nothing that I can do so it became a moment of courage and of just complete trust in the in the plan (laughs) that's cool whatever it's going to be and I think it's important in my story because that was very pivotal it was a pivotal moment in the in my life where I learned really important things about me, and I've been able to translate translate that in other areas of my life. So after it was it was about a year later after my brain surgery, I, I just was feeling like this jipe thing just started resurfacing. I kind of had to put it on the back burner, but it just started like. Uh, coming back into my mind and and feeling like this is an idea that I actually need to pursue. And I don't think I would have had the courage to do it had I not gone through that health crisis before. And because I knew what it could be. Yeah, interesting. Jipe wasn't just going to be like a little business that I kind of sort of get my feet wet in. Like it was part time. Like no, this was like an all in endeavor. I knew that it could be a high growth company. I knew what it could be, and that's scary because who am I? Like who 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 was I to to build something like this? And and but that was also a process to come to the point where it's like, why not? Why not me? Like this idea is coming to me, and I'm being like again, developing that relationship with God where I could trust him and he's like, go, 
go build this thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I, I almost do wonder hearing this story, this is so incredible by the way, and just really inspiring. But I wonder too, if when you get the news that you have a brain tumor, all of a sudden you start thinking, have I lived the life that I want to live or, or I want to be doing what I really want to do for the time that I have, you know, it probably changes your, your yeah. goals and your dreams and your aspirations entirely. I would think, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives you a new perspective. And, mm -hmm. and I, I also just felt like, man, everything, a lot of things in my life changed because of that. Um, I feel pretty lucky. I've had a really great recovery. It took a while, but I'm fully healthy. I have a few long, like I'm hundred percent deaf in my left ear and I will always be, they took out my nerve. They took out the cochlea, they took out everything. So I don't have, I don't even have the ability to hear anymore. So that was new. I mean, there, I won't go way into it, but I had to learn how to do a lot of things. Like I even had to learn how to walk again. And like, there was, I was going to ask if it affected your balance. Oh, totally. Yeah. I couldn't even move my head like side to side like this. I had to, wow. I couldn't physically do it. It's probably so frustrating for you, huh? Thinking, oh man, I got to learn all these things again. <laughs> I mean, it was just a matter of like practice and time. My muscles still knew how to do everything. So it, it wasn't like that kind of learning how to do it. It was just my brain had to retrain itself how to balance and do it again. So once it started coming back, it, it came quickly, but it was still hard. I mean, I, I was completely reliant on my mom who moved in with me and took care of me and, you know, bless her for that. Shout I, out to the amazing moms <laughs> out there, right? Yeah, she's amazing. Um, but I, I, I think going back to your question, I feel like it, it did, I just felt like everything's different. So why not, why not have this big change? Like I felt ready and I felt, I don't know if ready is the right word. Courageous. I, yeah, I just courageous. felt like I, I had that. it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go do this thing. And um, what do I have to lose? Really? I love that you drew strength from a challenging experience like that. Like I think it would be easy to go either direction, right? To like kind of hole up or, sure. or like try and find a safe place. But you were like the opposite. Like, hey, let's do this thing. So, yeah. um, so that was not an option for me, yeah. by the way, like the, it is, it's easy to do that. But I think I, from the beginning, I made a very conscious decision that I was going to do this with as much grace as I could and as much courage as I could. I don't know how I drew that in. It was just, I just felt like I owed it to my kids. I was like, I have to show my kids like what to do when life kind of kicks you in the butt. Cause going to happen to all of us in one way or another. And I just felt like I just had, I just had to. Well, that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like everybody yeah. we talk to has those moments. Like they're not as severe as yours was, but every entrepreneur has those moments in their story where it's like, Hey, the company is going to fail. Like that. Oh crap <laughs> moment. You know, like you have, you're going to have those. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, you're, shortchanging yourself on whether or not you're an entrepreneur, but that spirit that you had when yeah. you're fighting that brain tumor is the same way you're probably approaching this company. Like 100%. we're going to fight through whatever challenge comes our way and holding up and going safe is not an option to you. No, totally agree. I mean, it really reveals character yeah. and we can see your character from that story. That's yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So you're working at a job, 
but you know you're going to do Jipe. Do you just go to the job and say, hey, I'm out? Or what? Yeah. how was that nope. process? I love the title of this, Midnight Founders, because that's exactly what I did. Like I, I worked my full-time job. I did tell my manager. There were a few key people. I was like, look, I'm doing this thing on the side. I'm not going to use company time or company resources. I'm using my own computer. Like I was really, really intentional and careful about it. And, and they appreciated it. And so I worked on the weekends, nights, like Christmas, Thanksgiving break. Like I spent Thanksgiving break of 2019, um, building my business plan, like the whole thing. <laughs> Midnight founder right here. And I, so it was very much like in my spare time, I was, I was building the foundations of Jipe. So I didn't leave my employment until I could. So I stuck, I stuck with it and did both for, for a while, for about a year. That's a lot cool. of, a lot of late nights, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> late nights and just problem solving. Like what am I, cause I didn't know what I was doing. That's the other thing I didn't. You don't know how to code? No, I don't know how to code. <laughs> I didn't know how to build a business plan. I didn't know what legal counsel to get. Like I had to figure all of it out. But what I did know is how to build a story with my marketing background and a business. I was like, oh, a business plan is really just a story. And I'm like, well, I can do that. And I can visually communicate a story. I'm really good at that too. So I feel like I had these really transferable skills to get me going, but it took a lot of figuring it out. I didn't just know how to do any of this stuff. I was Googling, I was talking to people, I was talking to neighbors and whoever I knew that might know something that I didn't know. Well, and one thing I've seen, and we're super excited at RevRoad to work with Jipe. Um, Jipe is a, a portfolio company at RevRoad and, and we love working with Brenda on an ongoing basis. But what I've noticed is, Brenda, you're a really good, and we see this a lot with a lot of entrepreneurs, but you're a really good networker. You're good at going and getting the information you need from people and bringing people together and having that help them and help you and, and just making that part of it happen. And I think that's been yeah. probably pivotal in, in bringing Jipe into existence. Is that right? I think so. Um, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I do try really hard because I, I think I recognize that I don't have the answers, and, um, but I'm willing to seek them out. And I'm willing to, to draw on the knowledge of other people and and hopefully in a, in a way that's approachable and that makes people want to help me. <laughs> it's great. No, you're good at that. She's up on stage and giving these presentations and just doing all this amazing stuff. And you would never know that she hasn't done this before. So yeah. well, that's awesome. Super brave. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So <clears throat> I'm really fascinated by this. When, when did like, when would you say Jipe officially went live? It was February of 2021. About a year and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've had a few people on the, the show talk about this, but I'm interested when the first customer like paid for their ad, for their job to be placed on Jipe. What was that experience like for you? Um, well, it was, it, it was great. I mean, it happened the first few days. Yeah. So within the first few days, I had a couple customers join. I'm sure you'd been posting. talking to them in advance. Yeah. And, yeah. So they knew it was coming. Um, not as many signed up as I thought would. I mean, the launch, the first few days were really exciting. And then it like 
vapors off a little bit. <laughs> drop dramatically from there. And so that was not so exciting. So the launch, the launch was hard. Like, you know, it didn't go swimmingly like we all hope and pray. Most of them um, don't. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm definitely in that category. I, I had a bunch of people download the app and sign up, but only a couple businesses. So there weren't very many jobs on there. Um, a couple, a couple people found jobs pretty quickly on it. So I say we, it was working. It was just really lightly. Maybe Brenda and, and for our listeners, tell us how Jipe works and what okay. the problem is that you're solving with Jipe so they understand it. Yeah. So Jipe is a job search app that is designed specifically for teens and young adults to find jobs. And I also draw from my own experience as a mom because I, when my 15 year old, well, my oldest, when he was 15, it's two, two I have two kids, two kids. Um, they're now 20 and 17. But when my oldest was 15 looking for a job, it just became very clear that there was no good solution. And, and that was a combination of with what was going on, um, with my experience with recruiting. And then also my personal experience with dating again, like bringing my kids into the picture, like really wanting to solve a problem for teenagers was, was what I wanted to do. There's no reason there shouldn't be an app that a teenager can log into and see who's hiring in a 10 mile radius. That should be a thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. And, and not just, not just a job search app, but one that made sense for them. This generation's very different. They're visual. They want their tech to be mobile and fast. They want an experience. It's got to be intuitive. Simple and all that stuff. Yeah. And if it's not, they're not interested in using it. So unfortunately, a tool like Indeed or ZipRecruiter doesn't make sense when you're 15 years old. It's actually overwhelming and not interesting to them. So I designed Jipe like a mimicking a dating app where you swipe through jobs. You create a profile, well, an account really quick. You set your filters, what you want to kind of jobs you want to see, how far from your house you want to see them. And then we match you to jobs and you swipe through them. And you can apply within a few clicks or taps in the app. So you like upload your resume and... Don't even upload a resume. Okay. We build a work profile. So no resume. Resumes are a barrier when you're young and yeah. just starting out. Okay. But we do create and you can start to build a work profile. So think of maybe LinkedIn, how you have your history. It's kind of like that but in a simpler format for um, a younger audience. That's awesome. Yeah. And then so you swipe cool. through jobs and they match and they can apply in a really easy way. And, and it's that, that's, what, that's the problem we're solving is, is faster, simpler way to search for a job. And spoiler alert, um, Brenda just wrapped up a round, just finished raising money. Six figures, I understand. Yes, six-figure raise. So exciting. It took me a long so, time, but I got there. So now the next phase kicks in, right? Yeah. So for, now for now we can use that money and, and go deploy it and, and build build more traction, build the story. We've got some problem. I mean, we have a great product, but there's problems to be solved. And we have, we have some uh, leverage to do that now and take it to the next level. Congratulations. That's Thank really you. exciting. Thanks. Awesome. Really cool. So Brenda, what, um, what advice would you give entrepreneurs that are either in your stage or maybe even to the next stage or they're scaling or, or whatever, you know, what have you learned that would be helpful to others? 
I think a couple things. You you don't have to know everything to do this. And you don't have to be in, in a plug for tech companies. You don't have to be technical to start a tech company. You do need a good solid idea that you know you backed it up and validated it. You definitely need that piece, but you don't have to be technical. You can you can hire out teams that can help build it. You don't need to know how to code. Um, and that's something I think a lot of people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> and we need more, and, and another, also a plug for women in tech, we need more women in tech. So if you've got an idea that solves a problem and it's technical, don't be afraid to pursue it. Validate the idea, take the steps. You don't have to have all the answers. Um, but it does require a lot of determination and grit. I mean, you have to you have to chase it, and it does just take that first step, and then the next one, and then the next one. No one gets here overnight. It takes a lot of work, a lot of steps, but but you've got it. Like you've got it in you. you can do it. I love that. The courage. The courage. Yes. It keeps we hear back. grit and like taking the next step all the time it just comes up all yeah. the time on the podcast mm -hmm. i think that's just that's crucial for every entrepreneur yeah i i do like sorry oh no go ahead i i do like calling out courage and bravery especially because i feel like that's like a mantra for me <laughs> is like be brave and and an affirmation is i like i am brave i am courageous and um i think it takes that too because entrepreneurship is huge, especially if you've never been there like me in the in this way. Um, you don't you don't have any idea <laughs> what's around the corner or how this is going to end. Like, there's n I know nothing. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm brave enough to f to go on the ride and figure it out. And I think what's also important is. I'm willing to do the ride no matter what happens. Whether it fails or it succeeds, I, I'm here. That's cool. And I and I and I feel like that's also important is I, I'm I'm a realist <laughs> at that practical side of me where I'm like, this might not work, but I'm doing it anyway. And that's what bravery is. Is you go anyway. You know, like my brain tumor. I don't really have a lot of choice, but it's like, I don't know what's on the other side of my brain surgery if if there is another side for me. I didn't know. But you do it anyway and you and you be okay with it. Not just and I think that's also another point. Be okay with whatever it is. So failure doesn't scare me. Hmm. I'm okay with it. Like I made that decision when I started. And I think there's levels to bravery because I'm thinking about like as I've been listening to you, I'm thinking like you're brave when you face something that you have no choice about. But like having a choice like you are starting a new company and like raising money and taking these risks and all this stuff, like that's a whole nother level of bravery where it's like I have a choice. I could do tons of these different things, but I'm going to jump into this and be brave and and just go for it. Like, I think that's a second level of bravery. I agree. Yeah. And even when you you don't have a choice, like with your tumor, the way you respond to it. For sure. Yeah. Right? That's uh, that's a huge choice. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Viktor Frankl and his work oh. with the Man's Search for Meaning. 
Oh, I was thinking about that book earlier oh, today. Look at That's that. so funny. I love that book. We're on the same so wavelength. Good. Yeah. And, you know, just his his reaction to even if you're in the worst of worst yeah. concentration camps, the way you respond makes all the difference. And yep. that's something no one can ever take away from you. No. Nope. I love that. They can't. Yeah. It's an important message. And when we can, it takes like digging deep. You got to dig deep for it. But yeah. I think it's within all of us. Yeah. So, Brenda, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, women in tech. I mean, that's... Um, I think it's becoming more and more common and you talk about it's still a, a newer concept. What, in what ways do you feel like um, you may have been disadvantaged because you were a woman in tech? I, I, I feel like I always try to be really careful with this because I feel there's the realities. There, there's lots of realities. The reality is I have tons of male supporters and cheerleaders, 100%. I have a lot of, of men backing me up. Um, but there's also the reality of it is very hard for me to, to raise money, much harder, especially I don't, I don't have a male co-founder. Like it's, I'm a solo founder and I'm a female and I'm building a tech company. That is extra hard, <laughs> like not just hard, extra hard. And extra courage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need a dose of that. Um, but the reality is, is it's difficult for women to raise. And I don't, I don't know. What advice do you have for females that are getting ready to raise or are in the process of doing that? Like you're on the other side of it. Um, you'll probably have future rounds as well. So, but what advice do you have for them? I mean, it could, it could range. I mean, It's hard because like you don't know what you don't know. If I could go back and change a few things, I don't. I don't think I'd be a, fo a solo founder. Hmm. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I just had an idea and I started executing, and here I am. I did not have a co-founder on purpose. You didn't of, say no. I will never have a. a yeah, I, it was never like a stubborn thing. It was I just didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally naive about it, and I just went. So I I have that that inherently creates some challenges when when the expectation is that you have a co-founder and the expectation is you have a team with all these diverse skill sets. I didn't know. So I think that that did present some extra hurdles for me. So I think some advice is really consider making sure you have a, a co-founder and preferably someone with technical background um, I think that'll make it easier. But if you don't and you still want to go, like still go, don't don't let that stop you if if you don't have it. Um, I love it. Just, yeah, just push, just push anyway. Go anyway. That's awesome. Well, Brendan, this has been so fun. Thanks for yeah, being here on the Midnight you. Founders podcast. Where where can um, the listeners find out more about Jipe and get involved? Yeah, thank you. Um, there's we're on all the things so we're on we're re easy to find on linkedin i'm easy to find on linkedin so you can connect with me personally you can also follow jipe um we're on tiktok and instagram and facebook as well um our website is jipejobs.com so and is it better to do it online or um like if if i wanted to list a job on jipe 
do I do it on the online platform or do I go on the app? Great question. So the the app is primarily used for the job seeker. So okay. If you're looking for a job, it, you have to do it through the mobile experience. You have to download the app and swipe through jobs. Okay. However, our Jipe for Business portal is on on a a web platform, so you okay. need to sign up on a desktop or a laptop. So and the website so is again jipejobs.com. So if you're an employer and you hire entry level teenagers and young adults. Please list a job right now. There's a free 30 day trial, so you can and it's self serve. You can literally go to the site and sign up yourself and give it a shot. We walk you through the steps. It's easy. Um, and if you have a job seeker in your life, uh, have them download and download the app and give it a shot. Um, there's some great jobs on there. We've got some awesome employers and more are coming all the time. So we need lots of users on there. So so tell everyone. So cool. And I would imagine with the economy kind of changing just a little bit, there's going to be more job seekers out there and it's going to become even more exciting to become part of Jipe. Yes. yes. So cool. <laughs> Thanks, Brenda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep.